Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest team building podcast. Because we're talking about how to build leadership within your team. We're also going to talk about some of the unique roles that Nick Waldner has on his team, including the chief growth officer and what he does and how he recruited him and what he he does on a daily basis to, to grow the team, as well as how they're creating opportunities for people within their team to bring more agents on to accelerate the growth and what Nick does with his time now that some of those roles are freed up. So we've got a ton of stuff to dive into. So first of all, as you reminded me, Jeff, I forgot to tell you this last time, the man, the myth, the legend, the, yes! <laughs> the ever hat wearing Jeff Cobb. You know what I've been most impressed with, and I hope the audience has seen this, but Matt Johnson, every time he hosts these podcasts, has a different background. And I'm starting <laughs> to think you're using a blue screen. I thought you were against blue screen, man, but I like the one today. Are you in Venice, Italy? Uh, close. No, I'm in Santa Cruz. Oh, so okay. I'm, I'm hanging close. out with Chris Lockhead. The beach is right there. Oh, don't tell us that. Or don't tell me that. Uh, sorry. Awesome. Well, hey, sorry. I'm super pumped. Nick and I go back. Um, I'm super excited to have a chat with you today. This is going to be high level, guys. Super uh, value add for anyone that's a team lead that's sick of doing all the recruiting themselves and, and or holding their agents accountable themselves. Nick has been doing a really great job at creating a position that can, I, I believe, do both. So let's just dive right into it, Nick. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what your team looks like, and then your, this new strategy with this somewhat TL type of position. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Nick Waldner based out of Maryland. So if you got anybody looking to move in the Maryland area, the Waldner winners team can absolutely help them. Um, our team now is made up of about 23 people uh, that goes between uh, six admin position, uh, three or four more like executive level positions, and the rest are all um, are going to move into that agent role. Uh, we're going to do about $120 million this year in production. Of our 12 or 13 agents, really only eight of those agents are causing or, or seven of those agents are causing that $120 million. The other ones are brand yep. new. They're in their first year. They're really just kind of getting ramped up. So our numbers next year look really good based on that four or five people that are going to be rock stars next year that didn't affect production much this year. Yeah, so 100, that- 120 million is horrible. So we'll be excited to see <laughs> your real numbers no, no, next get year. Get your act together, Nick. Come on now. <laughs> Jeez. You know, 100 million used to be cool, and now it's a billion in volume, right? And actually, our goal is a road to a billion. <laughs> So we have seven different locations okay. picked out, 100 at each location, 300 at our at our hub. So a billion is on our horizon. Yeah. So uh, how, how many the, units was that? Uh, just about 400. Just about 400. Okay. Yeah. So our, our awesome. average sales price is around 330, 336.5. If you really want to get specific, um, and that that price is kind of our our average in the market is probably closer to 275. We've done a pretty good job of being very selective with our clients and, and gotten that up a little bit. Now, I know people in Jersey and New York and California are saying, oh, 375, you couldn't buy anything here. That just happened to be our market. There's other people that are like, our market's 125. So it's all relative. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So, so tell us about this new position that. 
Uh, so, so one, I, and I get this question all the time and, and really what has developed is, you know, I'm starting to see that our real estate teams are really, especially when we're looking at expansion and growth, we're really smaller versions of the office. So when I look at, when I look at our, uh, I'm, I'm in a KW office, when I look at our KW office, we have a TL and the TL's job is two things. One, it's recruit talent. And number two, it's retain the top 20%. So spend time with the top 20%, the ones that are producing, and keep them uh, engaged in part, of the, in part of the team. Then you have a, a second position, which has not been as popular late or before, and you'll see this, you know, just put it down right now that I said it first, the productivity coach, that role in every office is going to skyrocket. It used to be, Agent count, agent count, agent count, agent count. And we did that and we did very well, but there's there's a, a limit to how much agent count because there's only so many agents in the entire US. So it's the next big uh, push is gonna be productivity per agent. And that's gonna go back to the productivity coach. So as I'm looking at this system, I'm thinking, okay, what can we do for our team to kind of adopt both of those? So the first is right. we, 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 we have a, a chief growth officer. Now he started off in, uh, in lead generation and, and like kind of an ISA learning uh, role. He moved into the lead ISA. So his job was to train other people how to lead generate um, and really kind of run that entire department. Then we moved him into this chief growth officer that, that uh, you know, it's a name I made up um, you know, six months ago when I gave it to him. But <laughs> he, he basically has two roles recruit, 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 recruit. And then number two is to take those new recruits and bring them for their first three months of the process and teach them lead generation. So we don't teach contracts. We don't teach the MLS. We don't teach you how to set up showings. We don't teach anything about how to be a real estate agent. We only teach you lead generation. And if you succeed there, then you earn the right to learn the rest. So now we have somebody who's only focused on growth and only teaching the foundational successful habits to our agents so that we know they're going to either make it or break it. So he's awesome. kind of part, part TL, part, uh, part productivity coach. But then we move on to the next leadership position on our team, which is it's called a lead agent. So a lead agent, they also can go out and recruit. And every time they recruit, they get a percentage, uh, like a 5% commission off of every unit that anyone under them sells. So if they go out and recruit three people, those three people still come in, they train with our CGO for the first three months, they learn the lead generation tactics. And then after that three months is when they go back to the lead agent. And that's when the lead agent teaches them the actual sales portion of how to set up showings and how to write a contract and negotiations and all of that stuff. So we know that the only people that we're spending time training with are the ones that understand lead generation. They have that dialed down. The people that are in the process of training in the first 90 days and they're learning to generate leads, are they allowed to sell real estate? No, not at all. So we have two types. One is the brand new agent who just got their license. Their first three months, they're only allowed to lead generate. We pay them $2,000 a month as a salary. And then we also give them either two and a half percent of any commission they convert of an incoming call and five percent of any commission they convert from an outgoing call. So they could sit in an okay. open house and bring somebody in. That's a five percent. They could have a friend or family. That's five percent. Or they could, you know, sign call or something like that. It's only for that first three months. And that two thousand dollars drops off after that three months. 
Okay. What if a team leader brings someone on at that 5% and then that person becomes a team leader and brings somebody on? Yeah. Does the so, initial team lead get the 5% off the new hire or how does you guys do that? So what happens is, it, and we want to encourage that because the more leaders in our team that can grow other sure. leaders, that's really what's, what we're going for. So if you have four people under you and you're making 5% off of each one of them, and one of those people is really talented and you think can, can now run their own team, they step out of a role under from under you, they move into a leadership role as well. Your coaching becomes different. So your original coaching is about production and about numbers. Your new coaching is about recruiting, uh, training, talent, stuff like that. You get a smaller percentage of that person's entire team. So it might be 5% of that person as an individual, but it's two and a half percent of as whatever that team does. Now, when you look at it that way, then their goal is to make that person as successful as possible and build as big as possible. So as a a team lead can put someone under them, they still get that residual, but is that all they get? If a team lead recruits someone under them at that 5%, is that the split the team leads keeping off of that agent's production? Yep, the team leader, the the, the lead agent is making five percent off of the production of that particular agent. So the goal is your first year when you hire people, you're spending a lot of time with them. You're doing a lot of training, a lot of uh, sure. questions. You're doing a lot of mentoring. Your second year, that number pretty much drops in half, and then years three through however long you keep them, however long they stay. There's not a lot of maintenance there. It's it's coach, uh, weekly coaching calls every Tuesday. It's script calls Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And that's about it as far as the interaction and what needs to get done. And now it's not about, hey, let's talk about the problems you're having. It's, hey, let's talk about your next step. Right. And your next step is becoming a leader yourself. So What if the team way- leader adds add somebody to someone else's team? Do they still get the 5% or do they have to be that lead mentor role? <laughs> well, it looks like it's just you, you and me. That's right. You broke the internet, Jeff. You broke the internet with that question. <laughs> the question was too hard. Oh, shoot. Well, what do you want to do here, Matt? Oh, that's awesome. Well, he'll be he'll hop on here again shortly. But, uh, he can hop back one on. Of, it, yeah, I was going to say, all right, so I want to, I'm just curious for myself. I love that approach of only pouring time and, and training resources into people that you know can and will lead generate. So what stops you from just flipping the switch and training every, every new person on Omaha's elite under that arrangement? If anything. Well, paying $2,000 per person, if they're not productive and they can't generate leads, my 2000 is a lot better spent somewhere else. Um, mm. That would be my sure. number one reason not doing it. I like the idea of teaching people to generate leads. That's what our training already is. For all of our new agents, like our eight weeks of onboarding, um, half of them are specific to lead gen. Most of our Wednesday dialogues are specific to lead gen. It's an interesting mentality, and I've seen it before in like the lending industry. You've seen it in the, boil, the movie Boiler Room, you know, with the um, – I can't remember the guy's name. But the guy from Armageddon was his name. I don't know actors at all. But uh, wow. they, the whole <laughs> – <laughs> what, who's the, who is it? You know what I'm talking about? Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, who Armageddon, Affleck, I'm guessing. Those are the There's Ben Affleck. Kid, okay. yeah, no, ben, Affleck <laughs> ben Affleck, thank you. So he's in Boiler Room. So he has that little speech where he's like, the first 90 days. I mean, this is in every financial movie that I've seen. 
Um, Wolf on Wall Street has the same thing where like you spend the first 90 days, all you're doing is building leads for the person above you. And then once you graduate out of that, then you can, you know, write business on your own. Interesting strategy. I think that you're going to, um, and not going directly against Nick guys, anything can work. You build your Disneyland the way you want to build it. Uh, but my, my reluctancy would be that those agents that first 90 days want to write business. And so now you're make you're yeah. pushing them 90 days back further from getting true commission checks to get 5% or whatever that little piece was. I don't know that that's worth it. Um, mm-hmm. but I know those same agents are going to be watching this right now. And so the opportunity that you're getting by going through this process is you're going to learn what agents need to learn and most don't. And that's lead generation. And like when Nick said that, he's like, they're not going to show houses. They're not going to do any of these other activities. They're going to make lead. They're going to lead generate. That is the job of a real estate agent. I always have said 80% of an agent's time should be spent generating leads. 20% is all the other fluff. And the other fluff can be leveraged. You can hire someone to do all of that. So in that, I think it's pretty awesome. And if the agent can't generate leads in that first three months, I'm sure they watch that. Then that person will never even be given an opportunity to sell. Um, the team leader idea, the 5% is not a lot. We let our team leads make up to 30%. I think that one of the challenges you have there is you might be more likely to lose a team lead if they build a team of five or six. And I'm going to ask Nick this. You might want to mm-hmm. call him Matt and see what if he's having nice, yeah. But what, yeah. One of the challenges is you're going to now put your people in a position where they're only making 5% off of their sub agents. Um, and it's going to make them question if they should be within Nick's team rather than just go out and start their own team. And that's all a value conversation. So he's going to be able to keep them on if he can show them that by staying with him net net, they're going to make more money. So it's very interesting. And he's the first person we've interviewed so far that has a system similar to ours since in the sense of having teams within teams and, allowing them to keep a certain percentage of their sub agents deal. So I really like seeing this. And I do think that this is the future of teams that want to grow and scale, because if you're going to want to retain those top agents, you have to give them the ability to do exactly what you've done, which is built and scaled your real estate business. And so I do like that they're thinking about that and being intentional about building that. Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I'm hoping Nick can, uh, can hop on and, and jump back on with us, uh, guys. But in the meantime, uh, since we're live on Facebook, guys, if you guys have questions for, uh, for us, for me and Jeff, uh, put them right here in the, uh, in, the, in the stream on Facebook, and we'll get to them since we've got a few minutes here while we uh, work up to, uh, to get Nick back on the live broadcast here with us. So, um, yep. do you have anything else that kind of stuck out to you? What about this, the specialization yeah. versus generalization? Because I know we're going to get into that with Nick. Yeah. So, you know, you heard about that a lot. Millionaire real estate agent talked about it. Assembly line real estate where everyone specializes in one thing. I love that idea. Anything, you know, you look at your income. We've talked about this in the past, but I haven't talked about it recently is that, you know, you earn a hundred thousand dollars a year. If you work 50 out of the 52 weeks, you're making about $50 an hour. So if you can leverage that and hire, what's up, Nick? He's back. Hey, I'm back. We don't know. We don't know if it's us or if it's you. Sorry, man. That's all right. Whatever it was. So, let me finish my thought, then we have some questions for you. Uh, we are just raking all of your strategies over the coals while you were gone, so please don't watch the rerun of this. So, <laughs> I was complimenting as well. I'm good at doing both. So, um, you know, if you're fit, worth 50 bucks an hour, and why, why would you be doing the activities of writing the contracts and or running the CMAs and running clients around and going to the closing and going to the inspection, all these activities that you could hire an admin, um, an admin role to do that for you for $15 an hour. And so I think that it's great. I think this idea, Nick, is great so that you can retain those top producers and your conversations with them isn't let's help them be an agent. It's let's help them be a team leader. And that's the future of training within teams. If you want to retain people, 
You need to teach them to be exactly what Nick was, which was a team leader. And now it's, it's, it's this whole dichotomy shift in that we're training people how to build teams within our teams rather than yeah. focus on real, showing them how to sell real estate. Everybody can show people how to sell real estate. Not very many, Nick, and you're one of the only we've interviewed. I'd say the only that has this mind shift of let's help people become exactly what we were to become successful, which was team leaders. So my hat's off to you. Congratulations. That's freaking awesome. Well, let's just think about that. Why did, yeah, why did we all go into leadership? Why did we go into this role of business? It's real simple because I didn't want to go every evening out to meet some client. I didn't want to spend my Saturday Amen. showing houses. I didn't want to spend every Sunday having an open house. And while those things were important to get me where I am today, at some point I knew this is not the business for me if I'm 65 years old doing those things. If I felt that way, why wouldn't other people on your team, especially the top producers, when are they going to get to the point where they're like, I'm so sick of dealing with this seller about this home inspection repair. I hate dealing with this other agent because blah, 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 blah. It just it wears on you as a person. So you need to develop an outlet for them. And what I always tell, I, I have this conversation with my ISAs from day one. I say, look, what I'm going to teach you, you're going to slowly starting to get to get good at. But know that as soon as you become good at something on this team, I'm going to start pushing you in a different direction. And your, your natural tendency is going to be go, hey, I'm good at this. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to tell you why you're going to want to leave three years before you do. I'm going to tell you that the excitement of your sale is not going to be the same three years from now. So let's start planning hmm. ahead. Totally right. I have a quote on my board. It says, leaders serve followers. And then I always say the number one sign of a leader is they help their followers become them. And by doing so, it elevates the leader. And too often, you look at most most broker owners aren't teaching agents to become broker owners. Most team leaders oh, aren't no. teaching agents to become team leaders. They're doing the opposite. They're actually telling people not to run real estate teams, not to run brokerages, and telling you there's no money in it. So what you've done, and I'll confirm something that hasn't been said yet, is to to add that value, you're keeping top level agents with you rather than having them want to go out and be a competitor of yours because you haven't given them the ability to be just like you. And that's been the entire dysfunction of the traditional real estate brokerage. That's been the dysfunction of the current real estate team is once that sub agent that's under you has built up and become successful. Now you look at them as competition because you can't offer value. So for the agents right. still selling and they're still in that rainmaker role, and not focusing on knowledge and training and teaching people how to build and scale successful teams, the fear is that those people that do do a great job within your group are going to leave you. There's no lo the loyalty only goes as far as your ability to help them be successful, and you're not living up to your end of the bargain as their leader. If they've met you and are equal to you now in sales and knowledge and experience in the industry, there's no reason for them to be with you just because they started with you. So it's we like as leaders always have to continue notching up. Yeah, it's like having exactly. a coach. Eventually, you, you've, you've learned enough from a coach, and it's time to get a new coach. So it's no different. I think the biggest difference is how you look at your people and what you want from them. Like every single person that I, that I think is a leader on our team or that already has started a leadership position on our team, they could all absolutely do it without me. They could, they could leave right now. And, go, and I tell them this all the time. You guys could leave tomorrow. Yep. You could go start your own team, and you could be very successful. Here's the difference. When you go to start your own team, you now have to remake your marketing. You have to get back into hiring all the transaction coordinators. You have to get up your systems up to speed. 
there's a lot that goes into it that it's the boring yeah. BS there, stuff. There's a hundred more line items. Yep. Right. And no, all of you right. guys can, can do that. But what I'm offering is why don't you focus on two things, recruiting and sales. You recruit well and then you train them to sell and you hold them accountable and then you teach them how to do it and them how to do it and them how to do it. Now you're only focused. Your one thing is only salespeople and only teaching them sales and growth, sales and leadership. Yep, I love it. Nick, Nick and I are both in a group that teaches about um, jobs that we all work and then businesses that we own. And what Nick and I are discussing and Matt is that we're teaching agents how to build businesses. And that's the whole point of this podcast. So what, this is so apropos. Our goal is to help people build a business so that if they want to go to San Diego and hang out in California or go to Hawaii or wherever for a month and they have all these customers and all these things going on, they don't need to worry about it because somebody else is worrying about it for them. Most yeah. Rainmaker agents haven't given themselves that ability. Yeah, what, one of the lead agents on my team is a female and she is uh, due next month. So she, as of October 25th, Great she's example. A commission. She's going to make zero dollars for the next probably three months while she's home and doing the things that really what we want to do with our lives. That's the whole reason we work. Right. So for her, right. she has five people under her. So every month when any one of those five sell houses, then they're averaging, let's say, three, a, three a person. So that's 15 houses for each of those three months. So it means she's getting five percent of 45 deals while being at home with her baby. Like if that doesn't show you why we're doing it and make sense, yep. you could go on vacation for a month and some people roll their eyes. You could be, you know, medically uh, hospitalized for something terrible and have two or three months. Like you never know. So you want to develop a business yeah. rather than a sales gig. Yep. Well, and the thing for me, and I use a why as an example, cause that's a fun one. But if you want to build other businesses, you know, sometimes people got into real estate, but they always wanted to own a restaurant or own an insurance company or whatever their passion was. It gives oh, yeah, you the ability once you have a real estate business, insurance. right? Yeah. That's, I feel it. You never know <laughs> when you're going to need it, man. You never know when you're going to need it. So point being, though, if there's this other thing and you have a business in real estate that can run without you, which makes it more valuable, then you can move on and do other things and take other risks in other areas. And I, I feel like I've been a great example of that in that, you know, we, we have started an insurance company and I have tons of passion behind that. Um, also, you know, we have title and coaching and fl flipping business and all these other things. I never could have done that if I was just servicing leads and I yeah. could have made a lot of money just servicing leads. But that money, when I'm 65, I'd still need to be out there in the field servicing leads to keep yep. making that income. And so there is definitely a different way. And that's what we're challenging others to adopt it. You don't have to adopt it overnight. It's a long process and it doesn't have to be, you know, go all in and just quit selling and quit servicing. For me, it was about a two or three year process. Nick, why don't you share with the audience how you transitioned out of selling, assuming you're out of selling? Yeah. So I've been out of selling for about three years. Don't work with any buyers, any sellers. And I'm very happy about that. That's I, I take that as a badge of pride that I created a business where I didn't have to be. So about uh, three years ago, I got approached to do a TV show, Waterfront House Hunting. And very awesome show. I traveled around the country selling waterfront houses and being on TV and showing my personality and all that stuff. A lot of fun, like bucket list, tell your grandkids about it. Like awesome experience. When they approached me and said, Hey, we want you to do this. My first thought was, well, what will happen to my business? I had to be gone for about four and a half months in order to shoot this, mm. this uh, season. It was 14 episodes and we were everywhere. So 
I went to my team and I, first I told the, the company I needed nine months before I could start shooting. And I knew that that nine months was me building the team so that I'm no longer necessary. So I looked at, okay, who's going to go on all the listing appointments? Who's going to run this? Who's going to do this? And I started building it for me not to be there. And then when I left, like I literally, you know, suitcases in hand, there was a little bit of snow coming down. I'm getting in the car, driving to the airport, you know, in an Uber. And I'm thinking, holy crap, I'm about to leave my business completely. My number one and only source of income. Hmm. And I'm about to jump on a plane and be gone for four and a half months. What is going to happen? And I'd come back somewhere between two and four days a month for those four and a half months. And the business took off the business. I had set things up correctly and I had spent nine months of, of building it. And now I'm watching this thing grow. So all of a sudden I get done my TV show. We have great ratings. I'm feeling really good about myself. One person has recognized me in a grocery store. So that's really big. <laughs> so here I am coming back like all excited. Okay. I'm going to jump back into work. And I showed up the first day and I was like, Hey guys, I'm back. And everybody went, Hey, welcome back. That's awesome. And they went back to working, back to, and I was standing there thinking like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Because everything, had done, everything I had done was, was working and I wasn't necessary. I wasn't needed. So then I started like, well, you know what? We need to revamp our listing process. We need to look at our, let's try to do this. And I started working on the business. I had nothing to do within the business. So for the past three years, I've spent time. Okay, let's talk about a chief growth officer. Let's talk about accountability. Let's talk about you know showing our numbers. Let's start talking about ta- talking tackling value. Let's look at education. And I started doing all these things that build up the people on our team, and then started pushing them. Like we always think that when somebody gets really good at sales, they want to leave us and go do you know X Y Z. The truth of the matter is, sales is a drug. Like when you know you can sell that house and get a check for six or seven or $10,000 for me to say, Hey, ignore those next three checks. Well, Nick, that's like 20, 30,000. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Ignore them and spend time (laughs) learning how to recruit people. And when you recruit them for the first year, you'll, you'll make very, very, very little money off of them and you'll spend a lot, a lot of time with them. But trust me in the end, it all works out. You, I get a lot of salespeople that are like, yeah, I'm going to stick with this where I, can, I know the money's coming. That's what so, – look at what people do. That's what a majority of people do. They yeah, stick so with it, where they know the money's coming. So when you are telling your team this is where you want to go, this is where you want to go, stop this, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean it's six months to a year of having those conversations, and then finally they come to you and say, oh, I just had the worst respect or request for repairs. It was so obnoxious the other agent – and then we start talking about how would you feel if you did this for the next 20 years? And then their yep. mind slowly starts to shift, but yep. it doesn't come overnight. Well, and where will you be in 20 years? You know, at 20 years from now, do you have to keep selling? Have you built up the retirement you need to be able to live the li- continue living the life you wanted to live? Um, so your your system was very unique, right? Because you, you tore the Band-Aid off. You had this TV bucket list item you got to do. Most people that are listening aren't going to get a unique experience. One of the recommendations we have always made, and I'd love to get your opinion on this as well, is for somebody that doesn't just tear the bandaid off, but they do want to slowly transition. Would you agree that it makes sense to hire hire a few agents, stop working buyers, give all your buyer leads off to your buyer agent, 
buyer agents that are within your team. And then in time, I've, I've made the recommendation is that when your buyer's agent team is making you as much as you made your best year, then you could choose to quit working listings as well. And you're in a position financially where it wouldn't hurt you to give up your listing side. And that's where I personally experienced my greatest growth, where I did exactly what you did, is I quit working listings and could focus all of my time on building the business. And we talk about going to Hawaii or going golfing or whatever. I like working. I, I spend 40, 50 hours a week working on my business instead of being a cog in the wheel in the business. Would you say yeah, that's the transition process that you're training? So I would say that I feel like you're dipping your toe a little bit too much and not just jumping in. Like, so my thoughts are the first person you should hire is a showing agent and that showing agent, you're, you're having them model and, and repeat everything you do. And the goal is to train that person up to be a buyer's agent where you implicitly trust them to take all the buyers off your plate. So now you do stop working buyers. Now you focus on only mm -hmm. listings. But at the same time you start focusing on listings, you hire a listing assistant or a listing manager who's going to run all the paperwork, get everything organized, have all the pictures set up, all that. And you choose a salesperson that you know will be in that role for a year ready to pull their hair out because they just want to go and do it. And you force that person to learn the back end systems for the first six months. And then they start coming on appointments with you and then they start doing all the talking in the appointments. And then eventually you stop even going to the appointments and they slowly take over that listing business. So it's for me, you have to hire people that are going to push you out. So I hired a showing agent that I knew was going to push me out of the buyer role. I hired a listing assistant who I knew was gearing to be the listing, uh, the listing agent and push wow. me out of the system. And then what we've done now, awesome. now that we've, now that I'm past all that, uh, now every agent we hire can do both sides of the transaction. I don't care if it's a buy side or a list side. We want them to do everything. Cool. How many team leaders do you have right now that have at least one agent under them? Two. Uh, the CGO, two the CGO plus two more. Um, and now okay. I have three more that are in the process. They're taking career visioning right now. They're, you know, spending time learning They're We're having conversations. I'm meeting with the three of them individually and as a group and talking about what those next steps are. I'm pushing them that, Hey, they're, they're still in, Hey, if I sell this, I make money. And I'm trying to tell them, no, go in this direction. You won't make any money this year, but your two year and three year are much bigger. Yeah. What requirements going into some policy and procedure questions what requirements do you have of a team leader to allow them to go to the point where they quit selling and servicing and they start building their team? Yeah. So it, it's, it's smaller than you would think. It's, it's more, uh, it's more relaxing. You think that what we found is the best player doesn't always make the best coach. So just cause you were the star shortstop doesn't mean you're the best baseball coach. So we need somebody that understands baseball and knows baseball in order to coach, but it doesn't have to be the best player. So on our team, you don't have to be the number one salesperson and that earns the right to become a leader. You have to be proficient. You have to be doing at minimum 36 transactions a year for, for, uh, for two years and a minimum of a total of 50 transactions in, or I'm sorry, a hundred transactions in total. So that hundred transactions could take you two cool. years, could take you three years, whatever it is. Once you've gotten to that point, we know that you're, you're certified to understand the real estate part. Now it's more about the recruiting, training, and hiring. Talk, to, talk a little bit about, obviously as a team, you've done a great job training, holding people accountable, recruiting, and then all those other hundred line item things. What 
intentional items, what actionables is the team leader responsible to execute with their sub agents? What yep. type of accountability, what type of. Yeah. So, so the number one thing they have to do is they have to have a 30 minute coaching call every Tuesday with everybody that's on their, uh, on their team at that 30 minute coaching call, they have to get a four one one from their, uh, from their agent. And they need to review that as well as go into whatever else they need to coach, teach, or help with at that time. So that's by, by far and away the number one thing. Then they have break, to break teach. down the four one one. I know what a four one one is. Break it down quick for the audience because yeah. not everyone's KW. So good point. Four one one is really simple. It's one yearly goal. What do I if, if here's my yearly goal? That's number one. Then what do I need to do this month in order to hit that goal? And now what do I need to do this week or these four weeks? So one one four or four one one going the other way. So just to give you an example, let's say I say I want to be 190 pounds and 10% body fat. So that's my yearly goal to be by January 1st. I'm away 190 pounds and 10% uh, body fat. So my monthly goal is, Hey, I really haven't been having great workouts. I need to uh, sign up with a trainer and start working out with a trainer. Okay. Well, year, week one, I need to find a gym and interview trainers. And as long as I find a gym and interview trainers during my first week, then I know I'm on pace to hit my monthly goal and then to hit my yearly goal. And that's every, that's all it is broken down. And it's actionable cool. items that you can measure. Yes, I did them or no, I didn't do them. What are you doing intentionally to hold your two or three team leaders accountable to holding their sub agents accountable? So I have the same regulations on me. I have a 30 minute coaching call with every one of them every single Tuesday. So my calls are at nine and nine thirty, and then they are on calls from ten to one, and then I have four more coaching calls throughout the day, or five more coaching calls throughout the day of leadership people on my team, and that's what I'm holding them accountable to. I'm looking at their four one ones, and and the four one one call is not thirty minutes long. The four one call is about ten minutes of the thirty, and then the other twenty minutes are spent what whatever topic needs to be discussed at that moment. I see. Awesome. Yeah. Now we Nick, also how would your life be different? How would your life oh. be different had you not been forced to pull that bandaid? Three years ago, I, had, the, had the show not selected you, they selected the next best looking and successful agent <laughs> to do the show. Where would you be today? Honestly, what do you think? I, I, I think I'd probably be two years behind. I think it would have been another year or year and a half of dragging my feet and not sure if this is what I want to do. And Am I really ready to give up on the control of this? So most of us are entrepreneurs. So we think we need to have control in order to, uh, in order to keep this process going and make it successful. There's really two words. There's control and there's controls with an S at the end. So when you think of control, like we want control. Like I want to be the, the hiring decision maker. I want to meet with everybody before they join the team. I want to make sure this process makes sense. I, 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 and I insert myself in so many places in the business that what happens is I'm spread so thin that so-and-so can't get a hold of me or can't get a meeting with me for a week or two weeks. I become the bottleneck that's stopping our business from growing. So what entrepreneurs need to understand is move from control to controls. So what I mean by that is mm -hmm. on our team, in order to hire people, you have to have taken career visioning three times. You have to have gone through uh, five different people from from beginning to end in the interview process with me. And then afterwards, we talk about what we talked about, what we learned, what words they use, what I picked up on, what they picked up on. 
And we, we, we have this module that as long as they hit all these marks on a sheet and say, okay, I did that, did that, did that, did that, did that, did that. I no longer feel like I can be the only one making hires. I now trust you and I trust you and I trust you because you've already proven to me through our systems and through our controls that you're worthy to go ahead and, and, and start making hires as well. Awesome. Love it. Perfect. Very, very cool. cool. And guys, Matt, for, for, if, Matt, you're, if you're watching or listening, yeah, uh, well, I think we need to actually wrap things up. Uh, we're, we're about 40 minutes in. So guys, for, uh, for more information on what Nick is talking about with the control versus controls, go out and get Jeff Hoffman's book, Scale. That is one of the most amazing books, if not the best book on growing a company I've ever, ever read. It is phenomenal. He talks about the three-legged stool. I think it's, I, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't it team systems and controls? I think that's the exactly. three legs of the stool. <clears throat> phenomenal book. So guys, go out and get that. And uh, if you're not already subscribed to uh, the Legends of Losers podcast, uh, because we, uh, the host of that show, uh, Chris Locke, had interviewed uh, Jeff Hoffman. And that interview is dropping within the next, I would say, month, month and a half. So keep an eye out for that. That'll be phenomenal. Uh, so, Nick, how do people reach you? And uh, I know you've got the, uh, the link to uh, Commissions Inc. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I threw the link on Commissions Inc. in there because we uh, were with another company with Follow Up Boss and Boomtown and looking at all these different systems. And when we found Sync, it was it's very similar to Boomtown, very similar to Follow Up Boss, but we felt like it gives us better leads and a lower cost. And then on top of that, they really listen and, and make change. Uh oh, <laughs> we're losing you, <laughs> Nick. If you can hear us. Yeah, you're uh, you're frozen yeah, so on our does, side, but yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, let, let's finish out the uh, the call to action for him. So, so that was sync c i n c dot com slash what was it? Uh, Nick, I believe, or sync dot u s slash Nick. Yeah. Uh, so check that out. Yep. So check that out. And then he mentioned the, uh, I believe it was the Maryland area. Uh, I know they've got uh, other locations that they've got their eye on, but for now, just keep that in mind. If you have uh, reading referrals for uh, Maryland, get a hold of Nick and his team. It's the uh, Waldner Winters team with KW. Jeff, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the workshop and what you've got going on for the rest yeah. of the year that people need to keep They've been on. filling up. I've been averaging... They've been averaging about 15 to 20 guests. Um, anyone, you know, obviously listing all of our audience members. Uh, we have an event coming up in November. There's one next Monday, so this is probably too short a notice, but there's going to be one in November, and we're still going to do one in December. It gets a little chilly here, uh, but it's going to be a great time. If anybody is into goose or duck hunting, I actually belong to a really nice blind, so here's the offer to all those hunters out there. Um, if you want to come out a day early, I'll take you out hunting or stay a day late. Um, there will be no extra charge for that. That'd be something that we'd off, offer gratis. Yeah, very cool. All so right. you can find you out more information Jeff's, about the workshop. Yeah, yep, Jeff'sworkshop.com. I've got that here. If you're look, uh, if you're watching live on Facebook, you can see that. Um, just for general information about us, and maybe to learn a little bit more about the live stream program. So, it, for example, if you're in Jeff or Nick's position where you've got agents underneath you, but maybe you don't have that growth officer yet, you don't have someone that's taking an active role in training, and right now it's falling all on you, and the training is falling through the cracks. That's where a live stream can really come in and, and step in and be that for you. So, uh, guys, you. Uh, Jeff and his uh, his guys there in Omaha stream their Wednesday and Friday trainings, uh, as well as uh, getting a, a high level call for you both uh, both an hour you know of content in terms of growing your team and a one on one call with our success manager Andy who does all the uh, all the management for both Elite Real Estate Systems and for the local team in Omaha. So the guys, that's all at EliteRealEstateSystems.com. So. With that, uh, since I think we did lo lose Nick permanently, uh, we will put a nice little uh, bow on this one. 
We'll get in touch awesome. with him after thanks, this Matt. and, and uh, send him a nice thank you. So thanks again, guys. We'll see you soon.